Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, the movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. On this week's episode, your hosts Q and Jay dive into some of their favorite movies and hopefully talk about some of your favorites, too. Feel free to yell at your speakers when we ignore your favorites, or you could just tweet at us with your choices, like an adult. Now, let's join Q and Jay in the writer's room as they dive in. Fair warning. This podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. And now, on with the show. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. You've been searching in the dark. Your sweat soaking through the floor And buried in your bones There's an ache that you can't ignore Taking your breath Stealing your mind And all that was real is left behind So, to get back to our VR talk Which I think is an important thing to talk about It's extremely important Mainly because I'm obsessed Um, I will say that I... I wish that it was a slightly more prevalent. Like it has, you know, hundreds of thousands of users. The problem is it has hundreds of thousands of users that I don't know. And <laughs> but I will say out of all of the like, you know, all of the game systems like we talked about in that episode, it feels the most like I would get the most out like I have a blast by myself. But if I had friends that I knew that were right. also playing it, that would be like next level. Or if like I could locate like, I don't know. I'm just going to pull a random celebrity name out of the hat here. Hugh Jackman for no reason at all. But if I were to like, like low key, I've been going into some of these VR chat rooms, just hoping that like there's a celebrity in there. Does that make sense? Like, I'm, like, walking around, and it's not like their name will give it away, but, like, I keep right. hoping to hear, like, Hugh Jackman's accent and be like, holy shit, it's Hugh Jackman. And he's like, hey, hey, mate, uh, just playing a bit of uh, of uh, Among Us in VR. I don't, that's not a good accent. Wow, you went, went straight to British. You did a oh, me. I did. I did. You're I like, don't hello know. there, Dovnia. I'm from I'd... Australia. Would you like no, a toppence? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, in my mind, the Australian accent and the British accent are connected. Uh, I, mean, I know that connected. they're not. Australian accent is the hardest one for me to do, hands down. I just Can you do it. Right now, Mia, now, go. Ready, go. Good day, mate. And then that's it. That's awesome. I <laughs> Can will, you say I will shrimp say... on the Barbie? Shrimp oh, yeah. on the Barbie. Good day, mate. <laughs> shrimp on the Barbie. I'll tell you what. Um, I, there was, and I will. Bloomin' say... onion. Outback I will say this <laughs> with all of the embarrassment that it is that it necessitates. Uh, one summer when I was 14, I think we went down to Destin or Fort Walton or somewhere down there for like a week. And I was like, I'm just going to pretend to have an Australian accent the whole time I'm here. And just like <laughs> everyone I meet, that's a stranger. I'm just going to pretend I'm from Australia. And, and it, it, I, I pulled it off. I think, but I'm sure I didn't. 
no one knew. Everyone <laughs> was sure, convinced I was from Australia. I'm sure it was like, why is that Tennessee kid speaking with a fake Australian? I was like, is these the bananas? I guys, I guys, I do have, I have a quick story that is so hilarious because I actually knew someone who I worked with this girl. I will not say her name out of her embarrassment right now. Her name now, now, right now. Say it. Chad. (laughs) Hello, Chad. Uh, I knew this girl that I worked with. She was the receptionist at one of the companies I worked for at some point. And anyway, she had a British accent and everybody around the office would kind of talk about it because it sounded like a British accent at first blush. But then the more you heard her talk, the more you're like, is that a like, is she faking a British accent? Like there were certain things she that she that would say on the, the friends did the kind uh, of kind of. But there's a <laughs> there's a story with it that is like one of the best stories I've ever heard. So uh, she's telling she is speaking with an accent. Everybody just assumes like no one would question something like you got hired in doing a British accent. Nobody's going to assume that you don't actually have a British accent, but there were enough inconsistencies in the accent to make you question over time. So anyway, fast forward to her working there for like a year. And I asked her point blank one day because I have no tact or shame. And I was like, excuse me, Chad. I was wondering, um, your accent is hard to place. Where are you from? And she was like, oh, I'm from Nashville. And I was like, pardon? I was like, oh, uh, okay. Well, you have a British accent. And she was like, I know it's a wild story. And I was like, well, I (laughs) definitely want to hear this story. So please tell. She was like, well, first off, my mother is Welsh. Okay. And I was like, all right. Still doesn't explain if you're from here, why you would have such an intense accent. Unless she like kept you blast from the past style in a bunker for your entire childhood <laughs> and you never like interacted with anyone. Well, we this had is... to speak. She was, she was very specific. And when at home, we had to speak with accent. She told me this story guys. And I, by the end of it, I was like, you're a pathological liar. That's what's happening here. <laughs> Here's the story that she told me. She was like, well, okay. So technically my mother is Welsh. She also doesn't have an accent. So, so that's just added in backstory. Perfect. That's unnecessary. She goes, here's what happened. When I was in my early 20s, I was working as a air traffic director person at the airport. All right. At, at BNA, Nashville Airport. And I stepped in front of a jet engine when it turned on and it blew out my eardrums. Okay. Blue, like. The, the, the loudness and pressure like ruptured both my eardrums. I had to have surgery to have it connected or corrected, right? So then I had to go to speech therapy to kind of relearn how to speak again from it. And my speech therapist had a British accent. <laughs> Fuck up. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> to which Wait. I was like, okay. Couple, what does a couple issues Welsh have to do with any of that? Nothing. That's the best part. <laughs> second, second best part is you were an adult when this happened. So you shouldn't have to relearn how to talk 
nor would you relearn to talk with an accent that you didn't have for the first 20 years of your life. It was wow. to this to this date, it was the wildest story I've ever heard. Like I was like, and she was committed to that story. This was not a joke. She was not having fun with me. This was like her sharing her inner and I'm doing massive air quotes here, truth. Uh and <laughs> I but I didn't even know what to say to that. So I was just like Oh, okay. <laughs> Went back to my desk because Did I don't even like... know. Like, yeah, that made no sense on so many levels that I didn't even like have a response. I was just like, okay, like sounds wow. good. I guess those sound like words. I'm gonna go back to my desk. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, so, that's amazing. Okay, here's what actually happened, Q. Someone dared her to go to a job interview and use a British accent. She got hired and it's now 10 years later and she has come up with this story if she ever gets caught yes. in it. Because no one's going to yep. be like, well, let me see your eardrums. Right. <laughs> like there's no way to fact that check that. Yeah. Except the only way to fact check that is with logic. <laughs> like logically what you're telling me does not work that way. Like, yes, the eardrum part could happen. Sure. sure. If you stepped in front of a jet engine, I am sure the pressure and noise DB level, of, decibel level of that could absolutely rupture your eardrums. The only problem with your story is everything that follows. Is <laughs> everything else. Everything that happens from that moment on becomes completely implausible. Jeez. Oh, um, man. But yeah, so speaking of Hugh Jackman, um, <laughs> I would love I would love for Hugh Jackman to film a movie about this person's life and be about that Chad? person because yes, he could then Chad. change accents from like his uh, American fake actor accent to his real Australian accent and it could just be part of the movie. It'd be great. Good day. Go. I'm Chad. I work at the Nashville airport. Cheerio. What? Pip, pip. <laughs> my Hi, y'all. <laughs> my speech there. My speech therapist was from Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? A, that's the inspirational story of Chad, the British guy. <laughs> high five. Should we high five? High five. High five. High five. High five. High five, son. Woo. High five. Hanging. I I would like to watch a movie with you, Jackman. As we've had a lot of conversations on this show about like celebrities who may or may not be dickheads. Mm. I think I think Hugh Jackman falls squarely in the camp of he seems like a great person that I would want to hang out with. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I cannot second that enough. Every time I see him on an interview, I was like, what a lovely human being he seems yes. like. And that's the word, lovely. It's yes. not even so much that he's super cool or, or you, he, like he's a he's a a, a, a compilment of different yeah. attributes that just come so lovely. He looks yeah. Funny. He seems kind and nice and funny. warm and funny. Yeah. And the man is a triple threat. He can sing. He can act. He can dance. 
like, sure he can direct and choreograph as well. This guy's got talent. Oh, and by the way, disclaimer for anybody listening to this uh, episode, we like Hugh Jackman. Like, it's if you don't like him and you don't want to hear us say nice This is not the episode for you. Probably not <laughs> the, episode, not for the you. episode for you. Now, also, I don't know how you could not like him. He seems, again, there are a lot of people that exist out in the spectrum that are like, wow, that guy seems like a tumultuous person to be around. Whether or not they're a good or, or genuine or nice or whatever it is, they're just like, I don't want to be a part of their circle. Yeah. Every time to you guys' point, like when I see Hugh Jackman play around with Ryan Reynolds or when I see him just hanging out with his wife, who is also a lovely human being, and they seem so happy and wonderful together and have been married for, what, a thousand years? That's what I was going to say. Can I speak to that, too, that they were married prior to him becoming famous and they are still married post him becoming one of the most famous people on the face of the planet and how absolutely rare that is in Hollywood? Mm -hmm. Like... That's so awesome. Like, kudos. They are. I mean, it's a small camp. It's like him, Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman, Tom Hanks and his wife, and then like Matt Damon and his wife. That's about it. Yeah. Matt Damon and his wife got together after he achieved fame, but but she was not... um, She is not famous? She's not famous and she she wasn't one of those people trying to get a celebrity for the status. Like she was yeah, sure. literally doing They organically. Yeah, she was like I a barista she, at Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I, 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 uh, I, a, a drink person, the alcohol. But, uh, what yeah, is a that? bartender? Bartender? That, that one, that one, the bartender. She, she might've been, I honestly don't know. I just know that they seemed very content and wonderful and non-Hollywood. And, and, uh, you know what? That that's probably a good segue back to Hugh Jackman. Is he feels very both extremely Hollywood and non Hollywood at the exact same time. And He's I think I think rare rare people fall into that camp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I totally agree with that. Uh, I will say that Hugh Jackman has been on my radar not like forever if i'm being totally honest i think the very first movie that i accidentally saw him in was kate and leopold (laughs) and then and that was just because i think it was like on tv at one point and i was like oh that's an interesting guy and then i think the movie that i actually came to notice him in was prior to x-men was in the movie swordfish um in which he plays a amazingly talented computer hacker who works for John Travolta, who is an evil villain. Uh, it is not a good movie at no, all. No, it's um, not. I think the main reason, and guys, I was a teenage boy full of hormones. I know exactly. Okay, so don't judge me say. on this. The main reason I watched that movie is because I knew you get to see Halle Berry's boobs in it. And if I'm being oh, yeah. totally honest at whatever, I was like 14 I, all I wanted in life at all was, was to, to, to see, see how, how, how like, like that's it. I could have like had a massive stroke after that <laughs> moment and just been like, Meh. and I You're was like, like this I is the height a- of life. <laughs> I lived, I lived a good life at 14. Goodbye. World. <laughs> um, so, but I remember seeing that movie and then two things. One, my film tastes have evolved incredibly since then. So at the time, I remember seeing Swordfish and aside from Halle Berry's boobs, I was like, this is a cool movie. Um, 
then as an adult, I went back and watched it again. I was like, this is not a cool movie. <laughs> like, this is in a fair- stupid movie. In fairness, in fairness to you as a uh, pre-pubescent uh, or pubescent, whatever it was, um, I agree with you. Like That was the key thing about that movie when it came out. The other thing was, is it was a, and I'm using air quotes, cool movie like it wasn't directed by tony scott but it felt like it should have been like it felt like it wanted to be and it was a mimicry of that so it was a cool movie the thing that i remember about that movie and again keep in mind 14 or however old i was is one of the dumbest things ever happens in that movie and to prove Hugh Jackman's skills as a <laughs> as a massive exactly. hacker, yeah. John Travolta makes him hack into like the CIA database while someone is going down on him under the table. Yes. And I remember as a 14-year-old being like, that is probably how they find out if you're a good hacker or not. Like <laughs> that's probably how you get into the CIA. That seems legit and badass. Like I was, this is around the time that like Gone in 60 Seconds came out. And I was like, that is badass. It's also around the time that Face Off came out. And I was like, that is badass. That, like, but that is, that one is though. That is true. Thank that is true. You, but at the same, but at the same time, they do equally weird shit in that movie as well. Oh yeah. I remember, and I've talked about it on the show before, and I will never not talk about it. The grossest scene maybe in cinema history is Nicolas Cage telling the flight attendant that he could eat a peach for hours is maybe one of the grossest things (laughs) I have. And I've watched some like weird shit, but that is to this day. That's one of the, the, like I, when I saw it, even as like a young kid who was like, I was like, that sounds this is weird and gross. I like I don't, yeah. I don't like. That's not going to turn anyone on. And maybe said by like Hugh Jackman, Mia. I don't know if Hugh Jackman turned to you and was like, his Australian hey, accent. I could I, eat a peach for hours. Die. Oh, I would die. Oh, see, okay, like, yeah. But it maybe it's just that, the fact that like creepy that. Nicolas Cage was the one who's like, and he said it so like, you know. Well, that's the. I could eat a peach for hours. For hours. <laughs> for hours (laughs) it's like no please please don't you you know you know for a fact that was a cage special he came to set that day was like i got an idea i give me a take give me it and they're like i don't know what he's gonna do and then he's just like that and then the actress playing the flight attendant they like cut the cameras and turn around she was like Well, there was an original actress, but she quit after that take, and they cut to another actress after yeah. they hired her. For but yeah, sure. Hugh Jackman's like, I, I could eat a peach for hours. And then the one guy's like, that's not a peach. This is a peach. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I liked that it was a, first off, it was a Crocodile D R- D- Dundee reference, which I love, but also the way my brain works, as we've discussed, is weird. <laughs> I my brain immediately <laughs> if I was in that moment would be like oh, oh wait it's not what is it <laughs> like, like like suddenly super so, so, oh, super, 
super concerned and worried about what you've been eating for hours. Like somebody's like, that's not a peach. I'm like, oh, it's an onion. Oh, it's what? a papaya. <laughs> Apparently I can eat a papaya for hours. Why? Um, also, may I just give credit to you, Jay? That was probably the best Australian accent we've had on the show up to this point. Agreed. Don't forget, a reference to my earlier story, I did it for an entire summer once. That's a lot. <laughs> a week. It was a week, and you were very successful. And I love Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> that too. That's the most important part. Exactly. All right. Actually, I have a fun game before we dive into his list of movies, because if you haven't picked up on it by by now we're here to celebrate the filmography of Hugh Jackman and so we're going to rank his top five films but before that that actually brought up a really great point I was trying in my head to figure out all of the Australia famous Australians that have made like the jump like mm -hmm. to like that are now like a list or at one point right. were a list celebrities and I could only come up with a handful and I was curious if you guys could think of any any more well, Nicole I mean, Kidman yeah. is the first yep. one that I think of. For sure. Nicole Kidman, Hugh Jackman, Chris Hemsworth. Mel Gibson. And then I was going to ask is like the Hemsworth family. Yeah. Sure. Um, is, um, oh, fuck. Now I forgot their name. Uh, Crocodile Dundee? No, I know he is for sure. Paul, uh, Paul, Paul Hogan. Paul Hogan. Uh, he did no, it. there was one. He's the only one to do it with his accent intact. Oh, I know who I was going to think of is um, what's his face, Russell Crowe, or is he New Zealand? I oh, oh no! Oh. Now you got me questioning my crow knowledge because he. I think he's might be Australia. Yes, Australia. Wait. It is Australia. No, New Zealand. That's where he was born. It is That's New Zealand? Damn it! But but he wait he is a citizen of New Zealand but he lived most of his life in Australia so okay. he doesn't count. Also, I like guess. if I've learned anything from flight of from watching Flight of the Concords, New Zealanders and Australians hate being compared to each other, <laughs> even though they both uh, I, pretty much share the same accent. It's it's very confusing. I'm sorry, everyone. I also understand that it's a, a sensitive topic, but I don't know. But is that is that all the famous Australia? That's like five people. Kate Blanchett is. Uh, oh, Kate Blanchett Kate is from Australia. Yeah. You know I what? That makes sense. That. She's such a chameleon. She can do anything. It wouldn't surprise me if Tilda Swinton is as well. Yeah, Steve. She, she was born in Ivanhoe, Australia. Wow. Oh, shit. Who else? Tell me. Yeah, I like learning. Australian actor. About all these Aussie actors. Yeah. What else? Who well, else we got? And ironically, Naomi Watts. Yep, Naomi Watts. Eric. Oh, Banner. I didn't know. Oh, the Hulk. Mm -hmm. The worst Black. Hulk. Tony Collette, <laughs> Isla Fisher. Now, now that I'm looking it up, Tony Collette. Oh, that's a lister there, right there. I, I can't oh, for sure. If I forgot Tony Collette, we should do a top five Tony Collette uh, episode. I'm gonna way. be totally honest. I had no idea that she was foreign. Tony Collette. You know what? I think I did oh. know that because. I never face. hear her do an accent. Like she one almost of her first things was an indie movie where I think she used her real was accent. It? Oh, it was, it was a, a it was like Muriel's wedding or something. 
yes, that's right. Muriel's wedding. Um, I totally forgot she, about that. But then remember, she was doing all sorts of things in um, the life of the United States of Terra because she yeah. was all those different characters. But it, but it was like, and I'm thinking of all her prominent roles though, like, like that. Um, hereditary. Hereditary. Well. It's all American accents. Like it's all very. Even, so that's man. That's, and I, I know Q. It wasn't your favorite, but she kicks ass in um the i'm thinking of ending things oh i will agree with that and it's not that it wasn't my favorite i just thought the book was better it, and it was but that i i never once did i think i would be the person saying that by the way let me just throw that out there never once did i ever think that i would reference a book being better than a film okay there is there is uh people we definitely miss that are definitely a-listers like no. Uh, Rose Byrne, Hugo Weaving, Ooh, Margot Robbie, yep. Guy yep. Pierce. Um, See, I knew all of that. I knew that for all of those, but I didn't even think of it. Uh, uh, Paul Hogan, you guys mentioned him before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we did. Crocodile Dundee. Yep. <laughs> he's not a list, I know, but he's an important. He is depends in my heart. on depends on what list you're making. He is in Bruce. my heart. Bruce. That, those were the ones that we missed. I was like, yeah. no, there's definitely, I'm missing. Yeah, Mar so Margot I can't Robbie. believe we forgot Margot Robbie. Yeah. But most of them, to the point being, most of them disguise their accent for most of their career. I was just about to say that. Margot Rob Robbie has now made a career out of doing a New York accent, essentially. She did it in Wolf of Wall Street. She's done it in Har the Harley Quinn movies that she's yep. done. So yep. like, that's wild I will say, one of the things that was so fun for me at least, with putting this list together. And Q, it was interesting for me to hear you say that you were introduced to um, to Hugh Jackman in Swordfish and Kate and Leopold because didn't X-Men come out before both of those? Yep. Maybe, I don't know. I don't. I didn't see X-Men in the theater, I don't think. The oh, first one. okay. Because that to me, I think was the most surprising thing about looking back through Hugh Jackman's career was it felt like he's been around forever. But he but it literally, X-Men was his first like major huge thing. And maybe I was wrong then. Maybe I did see, you know what? Cause now I'm thinking back on it. Maybe I did see. But up until then it was just like just that shooting holes in my story here. But no, no, but the thing is, before that, he was just that dude who was Wolverine. So maybe, so maybe that's why. Maybe that's why I didn't, like, take notice of him because in my head I was just, just like. in a superhero movie. That's that guy. Yeah. And then he's, like, in Kate and Leopold, and you're like, wait, that's that dude from Wolverine guy? Wait, that's that dude can get a blowjob and hack the CIA? That's fucking crazy. <laughs> But that to me was the most surprising thing is like, wow, Hugh Jackman's only been in my life for about 20 years. 21 years. Like, that's, it feels like he's had a much longer career is I guess the, yeah. the gist of it. And obviously once we get to this list and we start doling them out, which we should do pretty soon. Yeah. There are, there are key roles that have defined him as an actor and at like in yeah. public consciousness um, and I think that may lend to the feeling of him being around forever is because he is right. so ingrained by some of these characters into the public zeitgeist or the pop yeah. culture zeitgeist that you can't think about entertainment without thinking about him in some form. Yes. And he's an interesting one for before we dive into the actual list and start talking about specific movies, but in general, and I'd love you guys' thoughts on this. 
he is one that while his filmography is very hit or miss mm-hmm. and and i'll even say very it's pretty hit or miss i always come to him with a positive attitude because i know because and to i mean we said it earlier he's multi-talented but he also feels part of the cultural zeitgeist because he's hosting the tonys and he's performing on broadway and he's doing silly commercials and being in internet stuff and like i think he he just is showing his level of talent but when it when it's in the movies it's like i always think of you as very talented but when i go back i'm like well that movie sucked and that movie's terrible and you had balls on your chin and that one and like (laughs) i'm happy you know do you know who also is like that and he has a tangential connection to Ryan Reynolds. Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, yes. If you look back through Ryan Reynolds' filmography, he has a like, bunch of shitty, crappy movies that he's done. But I always come back to him as like, he's a celebrity that I like. And if he's in something, I will probably watch it. And I think that he's talented and good, even though you might be batting 5,500. Right. So I I totally agree with that. Um well, that but, makes yeah, me excited Mia, to dive in. You, uh, you reacted when I said he had balls on his chin. So, you, are are you a viewer of movie forty three? I, that, you know, uh, train wreck. I saw that one in theaters, and what? I was pissed, pissed because I thought it was going to be one particular thing, and we we know what that movie actually is—a a collection of other of things put into. Yeah film and i didn't know that there was a shark part and um the whole theater laughed at me because i screamed so loud i was not prepared and everybody laughed at me and i just i I will say you must be like one of the you keep referencing the whole theater laughed at you there's no way you were in a full theater watching movie 43 like no one saw that movie it made like negative dollars at the box office (laughs) I think the Colleen movie theater is the only theater that actually kept it alive. But you know what? <laughs> it's surrounded by um, the largest military base. So oh, it's sure. that, that feels, yeah, yeah, they need entertainment. Yeah. Gonna go see it. And there are a lot of boobs in that movie. That one. There's a lot that of movie, weird stuff and in again, that movie. And again, that one. So many the, celebrities. The pedigree. Like, Oh, many. The pedigree of people associated with that film. Isn't that the one where Halle Berry and what's his name go on that that date where they're just daring each other to do stuff and it just mm-hmm. gets crazier and crazier? Is that the movie? Isn't it? It's Michael. I Rappaport, believe so. Isn't it? That yeah, I think so. Part of that movie. Yeah. Well, and there's also like uh, Chloe Grace Moretz has her period for the first time. Christopher Mintz Plast. Oh, with Christopher Mintz Plast and not Michael yeah. Sarah. Yeah. Fucking crazy. And then, like, and then to, to bring it back to Jack, Hugh Jackman has balls on his chin. He does. The outtakes, he does a scene where he, he's like, excuse me, I have to use the bathroom. And he goes. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Because as actors, you have to, you know, you have to do it yeah. seriously. So he's, <laughs> and I know it's just dying. <laughs> I know that they probably had the most fun doing it, but no one should have ever put that movie out. It should have just been internet things that they released over time. I am shocked that Hugh Jackman's agent received that script. Because you know, he had that level of fame at that point. He received that script, passed it on to Hugh Jackman. I was like, all right, here's the deal. 
you play a dude who has balls on your chin. Ball chinian. He's like, I think, I think, I think this would be good for you. (laughs) I think this would be a good, this is a good move. Like imagine Kate and Leopold, but it's Kate and Winslet and you have testicles on your chin. Right? Yeah, yeah. You see what I'm seeing here? And Hugh's like, let's do it. No, that's not Hugh Jackman. (laughs) That was kind of Arnold Schwarzenegger, maybe. Let's do it. (laughs) Everybody get into the balls on my chin. All right. Uh, Let's speaking of balls on chins, we got a list. This is where we make a list. The list. List. So for my list, I strictly went based off of movies that I have seen, not ones that were that were critically acclaimed or well loved or anything. Sure, sure, sure. I'll reach for the lists and be like, okay, I've only seen this many. Well, what's the synopsis of this? What was the reception of this? And all right. Um, But I've watched enough to count. So he's got a. Even though he's not been around for but what twenty years, there were a lot to go through. Some were easy to off um now we didn't hold on not to not to derail your list but sure. one thing we didn't do in our pre-list talk that we normally do is we we tend to talk about the criteria of the list and you just made me think of that by saying that so i have to put it out there that for my list it is strictly a top five of my favorite hugh jackman movies it is not necessarily the top five best Hugh Jackman movies, That's if that makes sense. Yeah. I I did a similar thing, but I also tried to well, I will I'll just specifically with the Wolverine character, yes. I tried to limit yes. how well, of often. Course. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise I'd have <laughs> what like what are we doing? Yeah. He's, been, he's been in like seven Wolverine as Wolverine seven times. I only have one, I will tell you. Same. I only have one Wolverine movie on my list. So me same me too. Okay. Uh, so all right, perfect. That was I just wanted to get that out of the way so we understood the criteria of which we were ranking these. Excellent. So go uh, for it, Mia. My number five is Van Helsing. <laughs> Pardon? I know, I know. Have so you only bad. seen five Hugh Jackman movies? <laughs> so bad. I legitimately was drinking water and not even spit take actually choked when you said that. <laughs> so, so I fully recognize the uh, horridity. I don't even know if that's a word. Of it is out. now, and horridity is a perfect applies, and it's applicable. It's so. Here's the thing. I that's how few I have seen that aren't nerd okay. related. Okay. So outside of of that, I had a very limited scope of his films. And the only other one I could have put was Swordfish. But I (laughs) remember Swordfish. And I remember when Van Helsing was out my age. And I watched it so many times before I rewatched it as a legit adult. And was like, wow. Horrified by the heredity of it. Boy, talk about bad accents that come and go. Honestly, and, and I know we've talked about doing this and we can put this out for the fans. Maybe we can do this through Project Nerd is do like a live watch of Van Helsing and just talk and rip it and talk through it. Oh because one of the most amazing things about that movie for me mm-hmm. is I have gone back to it a handful of times. Q, you know, I like to go to sleep to bad movies. Oh, yeah. And that's one that I'll fall asleep to because 
there is something admirable i feel like with what they were trying to do is to create like a monster universe movie and the linchpin being this monster hunter like i get it like on paper and I'm his kind of giant weird. giant hat well <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> on, on paper i'm with a lot of it yes. but as soon as the hunchback of notre dame pops down from that rafter and he's nope. got the little the little ass. disagree best part of that movie 100 <laughs> percent. jason fleming as whatever i thought Hunchback he was mr jekyll quasi- i thought he was mr hyde i thought it was jekyll and hyde i think he's supposed to be quasimodo hold up is he all right well now we're gonna look and maybe I, I might also be confusing this movie with League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, another fantastic oh, movie. Another fantastic <laughs> movie. I, when Susie pops down in that little hat, chomping on that <laughs> cigar, I was like, what? No, it's definitely, doing? that's got to be Jason Fleming, because I'm thinking the same thing, and he's like gigantic. Yeah, he's amazingly. Oh, it's no, not you're right, it, is it is. It is Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Because then he dies and shrinks back, and they think back. Ben Helsing killed him. Um, and I will right. not the person that you're saying. It's not Jason Fleming. No, Doctor Jekyll, Stephen Fisher, and Mister Hyde is Robbie, Robbie Coltrane. Robbie Coltrane. Oh, okay. That's who, but- Wait, look up Jason Fleming and Mister Jekyll, and I'm pretty sure it is in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> I think you're right about that, though. We're, oh, we're that talk- is exactly, yes. Even just looking Okay, at- all right. Yeah. I was just like combining the two movies yeah. together. No, because they're so good in my mind, I just yeah. have combined them into one film. I just, oh, I, yes. I, all right, Mia, I don't want to bogart, I don't want to bogart your no, choice. No, but yeah, for me, that scene was like, this is where we are. I was going to throw I'm out pumped. Um, which I one love of it. you, I know one of you likes, if not both of you, likes um oh what's that musical oh no oh no it's got ewan mcgregor in it oh moulin rouge yes thank moulin, you yes moulin rouge. oh yes i oh. love moulin rouge. i like moulin rouge quite a bit yes it is one of, it is also one of my favorite movies of all time but uh the gentleman uh richard roxburgh who plays uh dracula in van helsing is the count Yes. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Not yep. a lot of people know that, and I, I wish, I wish he got more roles because his range is actually pretty good. And he and, plays uh, that kind of like shitty villain. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Really well. Like he kind does of play that really well. Shitty villain. I kind of, you know, there was a lot of things, and back then when that movie came out, I remember like it was like, oh wow, Kate Beckinsale crush time. Um, and so that was appealing that she was in the movie. Well, she wasn't, wasn't this, this had to have been around the time of Underworld, right? This like right she after, was, I think. Okay. So this she was, was riding that, like Kate Beckinsale is a bona fide action star now at this I point. I think it was close to after, right, like right after that or right before. Okay. It was in that time period for sure. I, um, I have an admittance that when this movie was announced and I saw the first trailer, I was pumped for this movie like i was so beyond stoked i saw i saw van helsing opening night in the theater like opening night and i think honestly in q we've talked about this me is only downhill from there (laughs) you may or may not know this about me 
I hold grudges against movies that are close to being good or that I wanted to be good and then aren't. So yeah, I true. come at Van Helsing with almost a grudge because like I said, everything about it is right up my alley. Yeah. Horror characters, all of them in the same movie with Wolverine as a mythical vamp, like monster hunter, I'm in. And Kate Beckinsale, yeah. Like, like there's a lot about it that could have worked. And I think I hold a grudge against it because of that. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I will say this. Steven Sommers, the director. I want to watch it now. uh, Directed The Mummy. Solid, solid 90s action movie that I will go back back to again and again. If you Um, want some solid, fun 90s action, Steven Sommers. I I will say visually, Van Helsing had some cool shit in it. Like the Frankenstein creature looks cool as hell. Like they have, like he did some, some of the werewolf stuff looks cool. Like there was, there were cool things at play in this movie. Yes. But I, yeah, I hold, hold all I remember of Hugh Jackman is that giant. He's like, hi, I'm Van Helsing. And this is my sidekick hat. I'm scared of the sun. I'm like a woman at the beach. And I also seem to remember, didn't he have like a Q, like a James Bond Q typed gadget Mm -hmm. guy who was Boromir from fucking Lord of Rings? A Faramir. A Faramir. Thank you. He was he was one of the mirror the mirror bros. Yeah. No, no, he was far. He was a wherever you are, Amir. (laughs) Near near Amir, far Amir. Amir. Wherever (laughs) you are, Amir. <laughs> That's a half Beautiful. Pack. I need to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, man, I'm glad we got to talk about Van Helsing because I did I have actually it in my list of Hugh Jackman movies like collection. But I, but I can squarely say that I am not a fan Helsing. <laughs> okay, that's another one. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. I'll be here all week. Oh. Uh, wow, it's coming out of the gate interestingly <laughs> with huge hats um huge so- huge hatman <laughs> van helsing <laughs> huge hatman oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. gold uh, solid gold uh jay I, uh- <laughs> what do you got at number five is it van helsing <laughs> no it's not I kind of wish it was now, though. Um, I My number five actually isn't what I would even call a Hugh Jackman starring vehicle, but it's a movie, one, that I very much like, and two, it shows off what I think is a skill that he has as a voice actor. I think he's a very good voice actor. Oh, sure. And so while and, – and I could have said the Ardman flushed away, but that one has a lot of faults against it, in my opinion. I want to propose and I want to put on my list and talk and recommend everybody watch Rise of the Guardians. Mm-hmm. I love Rise of the Guardians and he gets great. to use his Australian accent in it and he is a kick-ass Easter bunny. And, yeah. and he's great. He's a very fun aspect of that movie. And so, yeah, it's it's one that I don't hear a lot of people talk about. It's sort of a Christmas uh, yearly classic in our house. Um, and I too, I, my solo house. Yeah? Yes. <sighs> So yeah, for me, it was one that I think he's great in it and it's a favorite movie of mine and I don't hear enough people talking about it. So watch Rise of the Guardians and enjoy an Easter Bunny Hugh Jackman. 
I don't yeah. feel like I have a lot to say on that movie. It was fine in my yeah. mind. It was like pretty good. And I think we've talked about it because I, I feel like Mia had this on her list on one of our. You're dang right I did. On one of yeah. our, our <laughs> lists. Um, and I, I am in the camp of like, I think Rise of the Guardians is good. I don't like when I think of animated movies that I will watch time and time again, it doesn't place doesn't like what no. I will I, say. I don't as, know why, though, as non Disney and Pixar movies go like in the DreamWorks camp and in the blue, whatever, uh, blue, Acorn blue sky blue animation sky camp. It is one of the better ones. It's not maybe as yeah. fun or as funny as like a Kung Fu Panda, but it is a good, nice, good I like feel like Disney movie. I feel like we're all at number five. We're all putting like our weird Hugh Jackman yeah. entries. You know what I mean? Like Mia's like, all right, look, I know it's not a good movie, but it is a fun movie and it's weird. Uh, so Van Helsing, Jay, you're like, I'm going to showcase the fact that he's a voice actor. I know it's not like a beloved movie, but you love it personally. And, it's, and he's feel- not like starring Hugh Jackman. <laughs> I, I feel like my number five is a definitely a starring vehicle, but it is definitely on my list mainly because I personally just love it. Uh-huh. Um, and my number five is the greatest showman. I love see this movie as I'll let you guys, a I'm fantastic popcorn uh-huh. movie. It is, it is wonderful. Uh, Let me I, say my piece and then I'll be quiet. Okay. I do not like that one. Okay. That's, that's totally fair. But I know that I am kind of in a minority or a camp yes. unto itself. So that's fair. Oh, we you do also okay. don't like it. No, it isn't even that I didn't like it. It's who it was based off that I don't. That's, like. that's also that's problematic. Fine. For that's, us. That's, that's fine. That's he was great in the movie, but, but who the character was that it was based off of. I was not about. He has a lot and, of fun and the songs are catchy. That that's what I'll give it. I think and I think that's where uh and I know everybody watches movies in different ways. I could I could give a shit. Like it's not like the money from the movie went to his family. Like <laughs> like <laughs> nobody is involved with, you know, this movie that is related to fucking You wanted P. a fun Barnum. musical. That's all I wanted and I got it. Like 100% <laughs> 1 billion percent I got it. It was the choreography was awesome. The music was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And as a movie, it was a feel good movie. Whether they could have said that this is the story of, I don't know, some other dude. Like the fact yeah. that the fact that it was based on, <laughs> based on the life of P.T. Barnum. Yes held no consequence to me like it could have been like him putting a circus together on another world totally and i would have like it historically speaking i wasn't fact checking it because i didn't care i also didn't go home after watching the movie and be like i'm a huge pt barnum fan now i didn't care like you're like yay hugh jackman yeah that's it one one hundred percent what i did i was like hugh jackman's a great singer and a dancer and he had a lovely family like it was that's one that is one million percent what i what i felt um but i saw the movie with the kids and despite it being about you know not necessarily a true story about a kind of shit heel person it 
is as a story and a film, it's a really solid, like feel good movie. Like, and I, I guess in my head, I can treat it like that. The songs are catchy as hell. I'll give it that. They the are. They are. Super catchy. And I feel like I can treat it like that in my head because I, I don't know enough about that fucking circus that like, like you said, Jay, it might as well have been like, this is a, the first Astro Circus on Mars. And I would have been like, cool. Like, this I guess. Is a story I don't know. about a guy named S.G. Sugarhill putting together a freak show on yeah, like, Mars. I treated it like a fictional movie, I guess, if that makes sense. And it probably on, helps in the enjoyment factor of it. Oh, it, I would say it undoubtedly helps in yeah. the enjoyment factor because in my mind, I just watched a fictional story about a dude trying to make his dreams come true. <laughs> Ultimately, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that is, that is how I saw it. And actually I, and I don't know if this makes me like not have my finger on the pulse of culturally what's going on, but I actually didn't, I'm so far removed from the circus <laughs> world that I didn't know that any of that shit had happened either. Like I'm not, wasn't like an avid circus grower, goer growing up. I didn't care. I'm also wait, not, wait, 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 hold on. Wait, wait, hold on. Q. Mind blowing. You're telling me after all these years of friendship, crazy. you're not an avid monthly <laughs> subscriber to the Barnum Barnstormer? No, I'm the not. Monthly, Barnstormer. The monthly circus newsletter? <laughs> I'm not. The, although I do deliver know a bunch by of, elephant. Although weirdly enough, I do know a lot of circus performers. Um, like a strange amount of circus performers <laughs> for somebody who's like not associated with the circus. And they um, all come in the same car. They do every time. They all come on elephant back. Um, so that being said, as just a movie to me, I think The Greatest Showman was just that. Like it was exactly what the movie portrayed itself as, which is this is a throwaway musical about a throwaway story about some dude chasing his dreams. And the fact that it was tied to Barnum and Bailey circus in any way holds no water with me. I don't care. <laughs> it's not like they were like, this is Hitler, the musical. Let's have fun. He was a great guy. He was, uh, he was just achieving his dreams. <laughs> then I might be like, Ooh. but for well, this, his I was dreams like, are terrible. I'm like, yeah, everybody's like, fuck Barnum and Bailey Circus. And I'm also like, yeah, well, they're fucking out of business. So it doesn't matter. Like, who gives a shit? Let's pretend it's about the Ringling guys. <laughs> they're also out of business. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> Circuses are defunct. Unless you are like one of those like small carnival traveling shows. Or circuses as we know them. Or Cirque du Soleil, which employs no animals, only human cattle. Um, there is... <laughs> There is no, like, it doesn't, who cares? <laughs> I guess that's my my stance. I <laughs> imagine all of our fans that are like big PETA members are going to tweet at me now. And that's fine. Because to that, I say, who cares? <laughs> you know what? Here's, here's, I'll take a stance. I'll never go to the circus again. <laughs> there you go. Me too. <laughs> and, well, I'll, I'll make a stance too. I haven't been to the circus since I was too young to decide whether I was going to the circus or not. If that makes anyone feel any better. I got taken to the circus, was terrified of the clowns <laughs> at the doorway, and made them take me home. I never yep. even went in. 
It's true. I felt that it was an evil place. Facts. Also, Hitler oh, the movie, the musical coming soon. Wasn't didn't the producers do something like that? That is what the producers of Hitler in Summer or whatever. But the idea is that they are aware that that's a terrible concept. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No. This movie is not aware. Hugh Jackman would be good in that, by the way. The producers. Oh, I thought you were gonna say as Hitler. No, like, no, no. And what? like, if they did, uh, if they did, I know they did the. Nathan if anybody could make Hitler likable, it would be Hugh. Jackman. I would, I would like to see Hugh Jackman in a Broadway, like live, not in a movie, but like a live Broadway yeah. version of the producers. Set. I, I really, really, really wanted to see Hugh Jackman when he was doing his Broadway tour. Like he yeah. was touring all around the country. Like. No shit. I was like yeah. looking to see if he was coming to the town I'm in because I was like, I cool. really, I would love to see this show actively. Um, but yeah, anyway, Greatest Showman. There we go. That's my number five. All right, Mia, number four. My number four is Rise of the Guardians. Hey! Oh, snap. I, I, I know. That means we're going to have Rise of the Guardians on this list. <laughs> So sorry. It was either going to be that or Van Helsing. I was hoping for Greatest Showman. <laughs> Turns out you are both just a bunch of circus haters. Sorry. It's, it's Rise of the Guardians hit a lot of notes for me. It's already been on the list prior. And my favorite thing about. Hugh I feel like it should be disqualified for that reason alone. It's already existed on a list. It can't but be on two lists. Swordfish would get we, on the list. That can't. That we, the thing is, Q. We can't do that rule. We've done <laughs> one. So, <laughs> shut up, Jay. <laughs> We've already broken that rule so many times. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mia. Sorry. The genius that it took to have the bunny have an Australian accent because he's from the world down under. Because he's a bunny and he's underground. That and blows it, my mind every time I think about it. Too long. All right, and they listen. Finally, and wait, they finally whoa, whoa, whoa. let Hugh Jackman use his real voice. I cannot abide that you guys are going to bash on the fake greatest showman, yet you're going to use the word genius and rise of the guardians in the same sentence. I didn't. That I didn't, offends I didn't. me. I didn't say as a, as a no, Mia. <laughs> that offends <laughs> me as a human. I, I want you to know that fine. I it's an adequate children's movie. Showman. I enjoyed it. No, it's too late. I was social distance. Too late. <laughs> too late. So. Too late. This friendship is broken. We'll we'll use the rest of this list to fix it. Okay. <laughs> we can mend it, I believe. J well, listen, Jay and I have broken friendships hundreds of times over the course of this show. Mainly other people's though. Uh, yeah, we're usually true. pretty solid. That's, that's true. Where, yeah, um, I, uh, I will, I will, uh, I'll keep the the Hugh Jackman train, the love train going, because my number four actually is one cue that um, I kind of, I would, I would say dovetails into your interest section. Okay. Um, and I know the movie probably. I overall, know what this is. Yeah, the movie overall may not be the best, but my number four is Les Mis. Huh? I wish I would have seen it because oh. I bet Here's it would thing. have been on my list if I had seen it. Here's the thing. Les Mis and, and Q, unless it's your number four, it may be I'm on your list. I imagine it somewhere because it's a musical. I know that's your, your world. There are elements of that movie that do not work. I think there are some editing and some holistic film, film 
of Russell Crowe, kind of may or may not, but Hugh Jackman is Jean Valjean. The visual styles of the way that they filmed it, um, and then the element of I think Eddie Redmayne is in it, and he does a very good job. And then you know they filmed it with live music, which is cool. But Hugh Jackman, I felt like, was sort of in his premier element in that movie. He was singing, he was acting, he was on a film cinematic set, and he was creating art. And while the movie you can love or hate, as a Hugh Jackman vehicle, it's very impressive. Mm. And so that's why it's my number four. It's Les Mis. And uh, Anne Hathaway, um, very good in it. Very good in it uh, for her little bit part. I agree with that. Uh, my number four is indeed Les Miserables. Oh, sweet. So I'll hand uh, the baton to you to finish uh, talking about it. It's, it's I very, very I very much like Les Mis. Uh, I hesitated putting it on the list here. It held a higher spot earlier, but the fact that I had two musicals on my list at all troubled me somewhat i was curious about that because you know because normally i'm like one 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 selection per kind of Mm subgenre is usually how i go the problem is and i this is how i justified it to myself you cannot separate hugh jackman as a performer from his musical talents they are a large part of who he is he has done Broadway shows. Um, he did the Man from Oz. Um, he, you know, like well, one he... of his very first things was like a TV version of Oklahoma. Yes. Exactly. So it, for that reason alone, I was like, because his career has consisted of so many musicals and such a tie to the musical space, I was like, then it's fine to have two musicals on his list because that's kind of who he is. Yeah. Um, well, and if you take him at face value, and this would be one that uh, to dip into the X-Men world, it's not like he's playing the same character in a bunch of different musicals or, you know, it's nice series of musicals that he's doing. One is a, you know, Robert Rogers and Hammerstein, like Broadway classic with the orchestral music. Sure. And, and then the other one is like a popcorn pop song movie. Right. Like it's it's I wouldn't even say yes they're both musicals but uh, yeah. they're not brother and sister in my mind no no and uh, it uh, it's a it's a fantastic movie just for clarification's sake Les Mis Andrew Lloyd Webber musical uh, sorry mm-hmm. sorry but you know and, what I um, meant I was yeah yeah <laughs> did that say I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> weird timing like that was that was perfect i was like also it was this person and it's like i don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> okay just trying to protect my feelings it's okay i know i was wrong <laughs> um I, so i agree with you there are elements of that movie that do not work i will definitely agree with you that i think russell crowe is one of them he is not a singer um i know he's been in some bands but the odd foot of grunt yeah it's it's he's not he's not musically inclined um so i thought he was an odd choice for that role the majority of the other people that were cast i liked i thought that they were good the causette that they had um is from brought was from the british west end version of uh 
Les Mis. She, I thought wasn't, she was awesome. Wasn't that girl um, from um, Mean Girls that I don't really care for? She was in that movie as yeah. kind of a main character. Yeah, Amanda, Amanda Seyfried. Not a big fan of hers. I, I enjoy her. I think she I think she did a great job in this movie, too. Uh, Eddie this Redmayne, movie, I thought, was good. This movie and Mank. She's really good in Mank. I'll give her a lot of credit. Like, I don't think she's – it was as a new movie this past year on oh. Netflix. Okay, okay. But okay. Um, I don't know. I just – I guess the, the thing I uh, did like about it the most is, unlike most musicals, it was filmed with live audio. Yes. Which is very strange. But Unheard also – very risky like that could have been bad that could have been terrible and the fact that you only had like a singer who wasn't necessarily on point but everybody else sounded pretty great um is impressive like an impressive feat on its own um i i did enjoy hugh jackman's performance i thought it was a like full-on broadway leading man performance from him you know what i mean like like he owned the role. I believed him. He brought pain and character to the to Jean Valjean. I thought he was um I thought he was really good. So it's on my list. Two musicals are at my bottom two. The rest although, from here on out get a little stranger. <laughs> although we will I let's all at least acknowledge that Tom Hooper, who we are praising for doing the he did cats. Yeah, thank you. He did cats the same way. So it can go either way. All right. Like it guys, can, you can, you can I'm going to say way. it again. I fucking love cats. Like not, not, <laughs> not because, for the right reasons. No, though. no, not at all. But I fucking love that movie. I watched it again with Haley recently and the kids. Well, cause it's on Disney plus now or one I of them. still, I still was like, yeah. This movie is just as weird as it was when I saw it in the theater. And I will probably watch this movie like once a year because it's baffling that it got made. It's yeah, like I'd... legitimately mind-blowingly good. <laughs> you like it for the wrong in reasons. A... Yes. Well, okay. To be fair, I don't know how, if this is going to earn me any points after my fucking like shitting on PETA earlier, but uh, I also was raised on Broadway music i enjoy the music of cats i don't have anything against the music of cats so the songs and the arrangements that they did in this new movie version i also enjoyed like i thought that they were good so from a musical standpoint i like the songs i thought they did a good job everything else about the the movie yes i could listen to it with my eyes closed and i'd be like oh this is fun except for rebel wilson i don't know why she plays a part uh, in that movie, but uh, that movie is fucking crazy. Like it's a crazy Tom Hooper. If anything, fucking like swings for the fences when he's making a movie. <laughs> when he's like, he's like, all right, I'm gonna do Les Mis, but we're fucking recording that shit live. And I'm sure every studio producer was like, that's insane. No musicals <laughs> do that. We're not gonna do that. That's so risky. And he's like, let's do it. And then it fucking racked up at the Academy Awards. <sighs> then. Fast forward to him trying to pitch Cassidy. He's like, all right, here's the deal. No fucking suits, man. Everybody's going to be actual cat people. I'm sure the studio was like, 
I, I don't, I don't know if that's going to, and he's, he's like, like hey. I got two words for you. Lay Miz. Yeah. And they're like, all right, you know what? This dude's a visionary. And I'm sure when those dailies started pouring in, they were just like, he knows. What okay. He's no. Yeah. Like I don't get it, but Hey, I, he's the genius. So I don't know who am I to criticize? You, and see, it, that's what it, you use the words genius and cats in the same. No, time. no, 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 no. I use the, <laughs> I use the studio executives referring <laughs> to Tom Hooper as a genius. You used it satirically. What if if I had to reference a a a title of the person who put forward cats? I would say a madman, like an absolutely insane person was like, "All right, here's here's the idea. They all actual cat people, okay? Cats, dogs also exist in the world, but they're just fucking dogs. They're not people. People exist in this world. They're actual people." cockroaches and mice are also in this world and they are also people so when a cat eats a cockroach it is eating a tiny person but also dogs again for some reason are just fucking dogs like they're not you don't see them but you know that they're dogs because fucking dogs right that's like what i feel like he was he was like (laughs) and i feel like all the celebrities Uh, were just sitting around texting and they're like "Uh uh-huh Okay. <laughs> uh, how my paycheck is coming when? All right. Yeah, good. That sounds good. You did lay Miz, right? This is the same Tom Hooper. Yep. All right. Cool. I trust it. She got an Academy <laughs> Award, so I'm good. This is fine. I'm Idris Elba. It's fine. <laughs> Nothing could de- like- derail my career. It's not like I'll do two bad movies back to back. Dark Tower and Cats. <laughs> <laughs> well, can I get back to the set of Luther? The Dark Tower. Oh, Jay and I saw that together in the theater. We were super pumped and then super disappointed. I actually read the book series in preparation for that movie. And it's like my favorite book series. And it was remarkably bad. I don't want to talk about it. Anyway, we can move. All right. All right. Number three. Let's get to number three. Jesus. Okay. My number three is nice and lighthearted. It okay. is Kate and Leopold. Aww. It was. Yeah, you got the most fascinating list. I love this. I'm so. I, you know, it was actually mostly disappointed. I was disappointed in how many of his films I haven't seen. Like Let Miz, I know would be on my list if I had actually seen it. And I right. wanted sure. to make sure I stuck with a list of movies I'd seen. I think that's fair. Like, it's fair. It's just such, like, <laughs> When we started this episode and Jay was like, uh, Hugh Jackman has, you know, for better or for worse, he's had some real like shitty films in his filmography. I didn't think that your list would be all of them. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Mia, I hope you know I'm joking 100,000% out of love. I trust and respect your opinion. I just think it's funny. Unless your number one is jokes. unless your number one is butter, it is. And not. then in that case, this is not. This is this joke has ceased to be funny. <laughs> I had never actually heard of butter until I double checked his IMDb. That's, that's like, fine. Maybe there's movies I've seen that I don't, didn't realize I'd seen. Nah, it's okay. So was, it's, that's fine. I, I, no, I love it. Kate and Leopold. It was also one of the first movies I remember her seeing Hugh yes, Jackman in. It so. was the movie I fell in love with him with. Time traveling. He's an adorable. He is an adorable love story. Ador- 
so endearing in that movie. And and what is it, Meg Ryan, right? I can do without her all day long. Before she like, well, you have gotten to do without her because she yeah. like basically disappeared after that movie. You know, I never well, liked anything before that. I just never liked her except to voice Anastasia. Then I that's good. interesting because she was like America's sweetheart, like yeah. legitimately, oh, like pe- like America was enamored with Meg Ryan. I, well, the thing about it know. is I remember I, when I, I don't her. Like her. <laughs> good, her, we agree. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I can give or take. Her heyday, like of the '90s, uh-huh. it was like rom-com era. Like her heyday was rom-coms, and I was a teenager, and I was like, I don't care about that. Like I knew who she was, I knew she was an icon, mm-hmm. and then like Six Days and Seven Nights came out, and I was like, oh, that's kind of an action movie, I guess. And then I got tricked into seeing that because it's not an action movie; it's a rom-com on a plane, and oh, then what? like on an island. And so it was kind of like, I, I can give or take. I don't know, Meg did you say six days and seven nights? Yeah, isn't she in that? Isn't that Anne Heche? It is Anne Heche, isn't it? There you go. Aren't they I the think same? So. Are they the same no. person? No. They might be. <laughs> they could have be. Ever, have I've never seen, seen them in a room again? together. Never. Exactly. Not But I once. guess that, there you go. My opinion of Meg Ryan is that I kind of think she's Anne Heche. <laughs> it is Anne Heche. <laughs> I like that. All right, Jay, what do you got for number three? My number three is a movie we've talked about before on the show, but my number three is The Prestige. Mm, yes. I very much, and it may be you guys as like number one or number two, but for me, I, I mean, I, we've talked about it before. We've talked about our love of the movie. I think he is a great element in that film. He plays off of Christian Bale extremely well. Um, and then I will pause because I feel like you guys have it higher on your list and I'll just join in when you guys get to it. But if okay. anyone hasn't seen The Prestige or mm-hmm. hasn't listened to our previous episodes about how much we love it, go back and listen. It's a great movie. He's great in it. And there's it's likely we'll talk about it after the, the commercial break. I would love, as a matter of fact, that encourages me. We should do a top five Christopher Nolan films yeah, we because should. I, I know he's only got like five He's got a right? handful, and I, I oh, he's got like six or seven at this point. I want to, I want to see Tenet, so that will give me a, an yes. excuse to seek it out. And see I would just like to rank his movies because that seems fun. That'd be fun. Ooh, that could be um, a good. One. Just like to rank because he only has like seven. Exactly. So it's not like we're gonna we have a ton to choose from. We get to we'll just rank like, them live. I like that. Um, I like that. That's a solid number three. Uh, it is not my number three. My number three is Prisoners. Good okay. choice. Um, I feel like I've seen it, but I couldn't remember. Oof, so I didn't. It is. It is, it it's is a, incredible. Okay. It so is I an incredible it. movie. Yes. It okay. is also a tough watch. Yes. Like it's not it's like a, a happy film. No. Okay. It is a tough movie, especially if you have kids or feel like maternally connected to children. It is a. It. Yeah. It's a tough. It's a. It's a hard. It's like a gritty, uncomfortable, like reality of a film, of a film. But yeah. that being said, Hugh Jackman is fantastic in it. As in a cast of very good performances, like Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal, Gyllenhaal is great in it. Uh, what's um, his name from Hustle and Flow? Um, <laughs> hold on, let me pull up the. 
Okay, I, I added a, I added to the idea. Well, Viola Paul, Davis is incredible. Um, is it Paul Dano? Be, yeah, Paul Dano. Oh, he is fuck. He's very good. Um, but I mean, and we've talked about him before, but Dennis Villanueva is, is one of my favorite oh. directors. Like he's uh, uh he did um the new Blade Runner, uh, and he uh, is doing, doing Dune. He's doing Dune later this year. And he also did uh, a couple, he did Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal, which is really, really great. Um, but anyway, this is, it's Terrence awesome. Howard is who I was trying to think of. Terrence Howard. Thank you. But it, so uh, Mia, for if you haven't seen it, essentially what it is, is there are these two families, Hugh Jackman and Maria Bello, and then Viola Davis and Terrence Howard, okay. who live next to each other. They're like best friends, suburbanite, kind of middle-class families. And then their one of their kids goes missing, or both of their kids goes missing. One of them, yeah. One of their kids one goes of them. missing, and it literally tears the families apart. And they go Ooh. crazy, and they start like. And Jake Gyllenhaal is a detective who's trying to help them, and Paul Dano plays like a creepy guy in the who may or may not be like a suspect. Yeah, and it's just these people, these suburbanites, imploding over this mystery and it's such a good like portrayal of like grief and like how people handled grief differently and like the links that some people will go to when dealing with grief i mean it's like it's a very intense movie and one that i'm like once you've seen it once you probably like don't need to watch it again like it's not like you're gonna be like i'm gonna put on prisoners and you know feel great to yeah to fall asleep to um, but it is one that I like, I feel like is important for people to see at least once. It's kind of like Requiem for a Dream. Like it's a hard watch, but yeah. everybody should see it because it's really good. That was yeah. the exact analogy I had in my head of um when you said it's a movie that you see once and you're like, that was really good. I don't think I ever need to watch that again. Yeah. Unless you're like <laughs> watching it with someone that you're introducing it to and you're really watching that person react to yeah. it. That's um and in that case, you can watch it again. For me, the life of David Gale is like that. When I introduce that, that movie to somebody, it is to watch them watch yep, the movie. It's not that falls into that category, hundred yeah. percent, man. Um, so, so yeah, I, so that's I, my number three, Prisoners. I love it. Well, I think it's time for a commercial break so we can wind down so. from that tough choice and then get to our two top favorite, our two top hues. Have you ever wanted to belong to a fan club, but you didn't know which one? There are too many fan clubs. So join the club for too many fan clubs. You like fan clubs? You want to be part of fan clubs? You love fan clubs? Be a fan of the fan clubs. Well, originally, I was only in one fan club. But then I joined too many fan clubs, and it was like I had my choice of fan clubs. Yeah, I also became one of many fan club members, and now I'm just too overwhelmed to even think straight. I love fan clubs. I hate fan clubs. Too many fan clubs. Come on down. You remember, we're in the old building the mall used to be in next to the thing that used to be a Shoney's. The one where they shot the president. But not that president, the other president. The one that's not so cool. You know, because there's a fan club for that. Yeah, too many fan clubs. McJiminy's Star Wars Impersonators. We can do all your favorite voices. Mm, welcome to the Force, you will. I'm 
Chewbacca, roar! Hey, I'm Han Solo. I'm too cool to do this advertisement. Mick Jiminy Star Wars impersonators. You need a Leia for your party? You need a Luke for your luau? You need a Vader for your vivisection? Because we'll do Star Wars things all up in it. We're out of this You know you've got a problem when you've got to call Captain Buford's Gopher Patrol. Do you have gophers that are giving you problems? Do you have a regiment of critters? Do you have underground explosives ready to blow those little motherfuckers out of their holes? Do you have a stomach that can take taking the life of an innocent critter? I love it. Come on down to Captain Buford's Gopher Patrol. We'll make sure them gophers stay the hell out of here. All right, this is it. This is the top two. This is where I am so curious to know what's on Mia's list. <laughs> two Hughes. The Hugh twos. Um, <laughs> my number two is the Prestige. Oh, okay, I yeah. knew I knew it was going to be on yours. I figured. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you. My number two is also the Prestige. I figured. Yeah, I knew it. I knew you guys. It's an awesome movie. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll let I gushed about it a little bit, but I want to open the floor to you guys. Gush some no, more. I really need to do a rewatch of it. Yeah. Just have either of you read the book, by the way? I have not. Book? Why are you blowing? <laughs> it's written by a guy named Christopher Priest, I think is his name. Okay. And I had read the book um, before I saw the movie. Um, because it was basically someone rec- recommended it to me. It's like it's a magic thriller. And I was like, pardon? They're like, yeah, it's like a thriller magic movie, a book. And I was like, that sounds incredible. Stick to my ears. <laughs> yeah. And, and then the movie came out. And then when I first, here's my relationship with the, with the Prestige and probably why it's my number three and not number two Ooh. is when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that wasn't as good as the book. That was my first reaction because I think that's always your first reaction sure. when you yeah. love a book and go to the movie. Every subsequent watch of that movie, I have loved it more and more and more because I appreciate what the movie is doing outside of my, hey, I just read the book six months ago. Yeah. So that's that to me is, I think the appeal of the prestige is seeing it in the context of the film that Nolan wanted it to be because it's a mind fuck of a movie. It really is. I agree. I think um, the fact that it essentially pulls off a magic trick Mm-hmm. during the film is one of the yep. first things that I like took away when I finished the movie. I was like, I see what you did there, Nolan. Pretty yeah. fucking smart, man. <laughs> like I am on board with this and talk about like, I know we're here to talk about Hugh Jackman, but talk about like an awesome ensemble cast in this. I mean, yeah. you've got fucking Christian Bale. You've got David Bowie as Nikola Tesla. You <laughs> have, just Which is fucking so awesome good. and brilliant casting. Yes. You have um, uh, Andy Serkis as his like helper, his assistant. Yep. Which I think what might have been outside of like him portraying Smeagol in Lord of the Rings might have been yeah. the first time that I actually like saw his face in a like on screen role. Here's the thing. I didn't even realize it was him until many, many, many viewings later. 
I was like, oh, that's like, oh, dope, dope, Andy circus. circus. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, and and I'll I'll put this out there. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but maybe I should find out and we should do a top five magic movies list. Ooh. But like this movie to me tried, did, and accomplished what now you see me so badly wanted to do. Yes. Yep. And like Which now you see me I will say many years too, later. To be fair, I also enjoyed Now You See Me. I just throwing it out there. I don't hate it. The second one's not great. It's not good. But the but the, the first, first one was one fun. It was, was a lot of fun. But it it I think it pales in comparison to prestige. Oh, like like apples and uh, hammers. David Copperfield. Like, it's like David Copperfield and then an apple. <laughs> I also feel like this is one of those movies that had the uh, it had the fucking deep impact Armageddon shit because you had this. You had the prestige and then you had the illusionist came out like at the same time with Edward Norton right. Two, to be fair, two very different movies. Like they're and also both very good. Yes. But I, but I think because they came out at the same time, one of them had to go the way of the Dodo and it was the illusionist. Like the yes. illusionist took a back seat to Which, the prestige could... of the prestige. Yeah. Yeah. If I could make an aside though, the illusionist is great. And yeah should not be compared to the prestige I, it's it impossible it's impossible well they're two not to. totally different stories i know but they came out in the same year yeah, and I they agree. were period piece magic movies there's <laughs> exactly. no way to not compare and them. to be fair there has not been a period piece magic movie since just for reference so yeah. the fact that two <laughs> happened to come out in the same year is fucking weird so Sounds like the snow white movies it does, yes, honestly. They're not the same at all, but... but they came out in the same year, way. so Mirror Mirrors goes the way of the Dodo, whether you like it or not, in, yeah. even if that movie is much better. Um, but, so, back to back to The Prestige, which is great and deserves all the attention that it gets. I just feel like, watch The Illusionist and don't watch The Prestige right after it. Don't do it. But don't yeah, do no, it. Which, which is what happened to me. I actually watched yeah. The Illusionist first, and then oh. a long time later, then I watched The Prestige. And so for me, they both are incredible. You're like, oh shit, they made a sequel to The Illusionist, The Prestige. I, did. <laughs> I, think, I think I watched them both within the span of a couple months of each other. Oh yeah, well I have you both mind, be, almost... I watched them both simultaneously. So <laughs> this, uh, on I... the same screen. <laughs> yeah, it, that was a fucking magic trick, let me tell you. I'll tell you one thing. I did that with the Hulk movies. I watched the Eric Bana one and the Edward Norton one right next to each other. And then you were like, uh, who, who plays the Hulk? Edward Bana? Yeah, that's a good one. Eric, yeah, they yeah. Just, Mark <laughs> Eric Ruffalo. Norton. Also, weirdly enough, Edward Bana and Eric Norton also feel like that could just be their names. Like if yeah. someone were to say that to me quickly... I don't like, think yeah. I would like catch on that. Wait, what did no. you just say? I would just be like, oh yeah. Totally. Yeah. I American saw History X starring Eric Norton. Yeah. That sounds yeah, good. Yeah. Munich starring uh, Eric Banner. Edward, Edward, Edward Banner. <laughs> I've seen that. Attractive guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's got the ears. Oh. Yeah. He's cool. Oh. Uh, but yeah, The Prestige is a fantastic movie. And weirdly enough, I feel like it, in comparison to the rest of Nolan's like filmography it like takes a back seat like people mm -hmm. don't talk about it like it came out it was a big deal when it came yeah. out it was a hit but yeah. then it just kind of like 
disappeared into his filmography and people instead, you know, like we're still talking about Inception oh, yeah. right. ten, 10 years later. And if I'm being honest, The Prestige is a better movie than Inception. Like, it's a I better think, movie. The vis- I think some of the visual effects in Nolan-y things no, he oh, did. Totally agree. That, like, but as that, a yeah. like film, as like a yeah. story and a film, um, I probably, think I probably enjoy The Prestige better. And so I think it kind of is a bummer sometimes when people now mm. take like oh but yeah but that one had fucking like building streets turning on their side and they're like yeah that was cool but have you seen the prestige he actually did a magic trick with the, with movie, the movie about a magic trick like, with your eyeballs. like yeah like it's it's really good like it's really the really good reason you even get your towns upside down is because he pulled a magic trick before that that's also <laughs> This is going to be weird, a weird statement, but there are some celebrities who, when you transpose them into certain periods, you're almost like he could have existed in this time. And I would totally buy that. Uh, Hugh Jackman is one of those people for me for this time period. I feel like that's why he got cast in like Kate and Leopold. It's he has this look about him that when you put him in those period garments, you're like, yeah. Here's the thing, and, and I'll mention this movie, and it's the only time I'll mention this movie in a top list uh, ever, because I don't think it's on you guys' list, but The Fountain. That's why he works yeah. in The Fountain, because he's in three simultaneous time periods, and he has to be believable in all of them. And I'm going to be honest, works in that. the only thing I remember about The Fountain is that it made my head hurt. It's not great. It's, I remember watching it and being like, I am too stupid to understand this movie. Not. I don't know what's going on. You're not. It's not good. Okay. That's the problem. It looks fantastic. Amazing. But it's like if someone forced you to look at a really great painting for like two and a half hours and you're like, I kind of want to go. And you're like, no, you are panning. And you're like, I really liked it at the beginning but i do not like this experience now. <laughs> i would like, like that's, to leave please that's kind of what the fountain is like <laughs> that's fair and i i do remember like legitimately it watching beautiful. it and i i pride myself on being like a, a pretty clever movie viewer mm-hmm. and usually being able to pick up on subtext pretty well but like this was one that i'm like i don't know what he's trying to say and i'm seeing some like really strange visuals but i feel like he's trying to like beat me over the head with it but i'm still not getting it and i feel like if i tell anyone that when i leave this movie they're all gonna be like oh you're just a simpleton then i guess no one (laughs) no one got it and i'd be like okay i guess i don't know no one cared that movie was not great um Okay, cool. Well, we are at oh, Jay. Wait, it's my number. On. Where two. are we? Okay, because <laughs> we you guys shared. I just two. assumed you had prestige at number two because we were all no, no, just like had so. That's right. I, mine won't be long because my number two is prisoners. Oh, oh perfect. Okay, we just had it transposed. I love prisoners. Like I it's think so it's good. so good. And even to your point, Q, like it's not as rewatchable as the prestige. But man, when I'm ranking Hugh Jackman movies, what he does in the in Prisoners, oh, cool. 
Well, I think that just shows his like acting chops, right? Yeah. Like, like, cause even in the prestige, like he, it's great acting, but it's still kind of like he's, he, it's Hugh Jackman being a period actor. Mm-hmm. Like prisoners feels like an acting exercise almost. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it feels like they're like, all right, we need real emotion from you, Hugh. We need like real rage and despair. And like, it, I want to like felt view like it. He- and think it, it actually happened. Yeah. It felt like the director had Hugh Jackman's real kids off screen with the camera, like a gun to their head. It's like, you're going to get this in one take or I'm shooting. Right. Like, that's what it way. felt like. Like, that was the level of, like, commitment to the performance. And that's why it ended up on my list in general mm-hmm. and in a higher spot was for that same yeah. reason, Jay. It was just like, it was like, man, out of his career, it may be one of the best performances. It's not the yeah. best because the best performance in my mind is my number. Are we one. gonna share it? Oh, I hope so. I hope all three of us share it because I. Are we gonna get to... two jinxies in a row? Oh, all right. Man. Do we want to? Do we trust it enough that we would just all say it at the, the same fact time? That none of us have said this movie. Yet. It's gotta be number one, right? Please. Yes. All right. Unless, unless of course, Mia like surprises and subverts us all. Which and you know she's what? Like, Even better for the she's show. She's like. She's like Wolverine Origins. And no. it's like, what? <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> no, we can All right. that one. All right, All right. you ready? Let's On the count it. of three, we're going to give it a try. Ready? One, two, three. Logan. Logan. Yay! Yes! Two jinxies yeah. in a row, guys. Yes. Logan is definitively, without a doubt, Hugh Jackman's peak of his career like that is best thing he's ever done and probably will be like i I, i'll just throw it out there no actor has owned a character for as long as he has 17 years he's been portraying wolverine over i think it's 11 11 different film i mean that's fucking like that just doesn't happen you know what I mean? Like yeah. that just doesn't now, granted, happen. Like t- two or three. I know we know guys, two or three of them are like <laughs> one minute cameos and things sure. like that, but still he's going back. He's getting into character. He's reading dialogue. He's lifting weights. He is taking time to be a part of an, in- an integral part in some cases to other stories. And to be honest, I put Logan as number one, but X-Men Days of Future Past could easily have been on my list somewhere because what he does in that movie is completely different than what he does in Logan and what he does as Wolverine in the very first X-Men to establish a character that, let's be honest, took a very different turn from the beloved character of metal, yellow tights wearing, short, stubby guy to do all three of those with the same character over more than a decade is unheard of. Yeah. And the fact that he ends it with quite possibly the most impactful and best made superhero movie I've ever seen. Yeah, agreed. I don't I don't know how you compete with that. And he can't compete with and the thing is and I am it's not even an I mean, I, some people be like, oh, a superhero movie is the pinnacle of your career. In this one, it's well-deserved. Yes. Mm-hmm. And because Logan defies superhero film convention. It is the most anti-superhero superhero movie that's ever been made. I I, I truly believe that. Mm-hmm. Like, cool, cool I, I feel like 
not only do you get what is essentially to comic fans old man logan which yes. is like something that you know everybody loves because that's that's when you get like the gritty gnarly jaded logan um but you also get this relationship brought to fruition with professor x that mm -hmm. is maybe like one of the greatest like to watch their relationship develop and grow from the first X-Men movie flash forward to Logan and watch him caring for professor X, even though it, it, it pains him yeah. to do so. You know what I mean? The fact that they have this father son kind of like bond with each other yeah. is amazing. And you know, Sir Patrick Stewart is also just an amazing yes, phenomenally and, talented yeah. actor if we were doing a top five patrick stewart movies this would probably be on the list somewhere yeah. because Agreed. he is he again takes the character of professor x to a different level in that film and one of the things that i love so much about how they approached it was it finally shows wolverine logan dealing with the violence that he is so loved in and he has been loved for in previous movies like the previous x-men movies are like yeah cut those motherfuckers up yeah. yeah and this one and this one is by far the most violent of the movies and it is the one that struggles with the violence the most yeah i love that i love it because it's an adult way to approach what we love the some of the reasons we love comic books and those stories in the first place is they are very heightened ways to deal with adult realities and circumstances and truths. And, and I just, I love it for embracing that. Mia, what do you got? We've. I have been agreeing with everything. Cause I don't have anything to add. Like, I wish I had more to add. It was just very emotional for me to watch. Mm. It was, um, it was, such a beautiful way to finalize I guess not necessarily end but finalize a character through film because there's only so far that Hugh, Hugh Jackman as an actor can go in this character while staying not relevant because mm -hmm. it always will be but it, he yeah. will eventually age out so it's like how how do we keep this uh, immortalized yeah it was a way to do that and then it brought about a version of of wolverine logan that everyone was already in agreement that they loved so it yep. wasn't like they were forcing fans to watch a version of the character that wasn't beloved it was mm -hmm. it was the perfect end piece it was a progression and, and it yeah. was an evolution yes that's what i love and and god damn it and i'll say i've said it on another episode and i'll say it on this one if her turn in that cross over to an X. Oh my god. That movie. If that wasn't just the best damn thing that they've almost ever done in an X-Men movie, I don't I I I would put that up there with some of the best visual imagery and iconography like that. And then the Professor X playing chess with uh Magneto yeah, in Magneto. the glass in the glass prison or the plastic yep. prison. Maybe a couple others. The that visual is just hoof. Yeah, it Great. just gets you. It gets you in all the feels. It feels yeah. like a panel, like a splash page of a comic book, like something that's just like so impactful. Um, but I mean, 
like like we said, the development of his character over the course of these movies, and then to end it in a way because essentially Wolverine is like an unkillable character, right? So the whole idea about him is that he can't die and he's just been stuck essentially um, going through these motions. And the idea too, that I think they said it in the very first X-Men movie, he's riding in the car with rogue and she asks about his claws Mm -hmm. and he says, yeah, yeah, does it hurt? And he says every time. And the idea, the idea that as a character, so we saw him then already being like, this is like, I live a painful existence in general. Yeah. But then to like fast forward to Logan and he's been through years of battles and wars and he's beaten down and he's scarred. And like, it was so adeptly portrayed by Hugh Jackman that at its core it's still the recognizable same character like you still recognize that as oh this is it like inside this is the same this is the same Wolverine or Logan that I met in the first X-Men movie but this is what happens in that's crazy and that's what and but this is what has happened to him over these years you know what I mean? And like, yeah. you totally buy that. Like the fact that he was able to layer this character with like, it's still the same character, but it's also like a older, wiser and more hardened version of this character. His whole drinking thing. I fucking love like the whole, the whole idea that he's just become this, this kind of like, fuck everything. I don't care. You know what I yeah. mean? Like I can't die. He's basically doing like the of uh, the vampire story of like yeah. at some point you'll eventually get to the point where you're like nothing matters, life is meaningless, all of you will die except for me. Fuck everything. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's kind of like where he's at. He's like I've lost everyone that I've cared about except for this old fucking man and he's already losing his fucking mind. I just have to clean up after him. Because if and I don't, everything might destroy society. Right. Everything. I'm the only one who can stop him. Exactly. And everything way. sucks. You know what I mean? Like everything sucks. Life sucks. Life is meaningless. And then to get from that point to the end of the movie of him realizing that life isn't net, like his life is, or excuse me, that life is worth his life yeah. is super impactful for that character like i it's so stupid talking about a superhero movie this way but it's so true like he realizes that like life does matter and life is important and there are people who haven't gotten to use it yet in the way that he has Mm -hmm. and if him sacrificing himself ultimately is the way to get it done then so be it. He's done. He's lived his life. He's at peace with being done. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that shit, I was just like, <sighs> I'm like crying in the theater and shit. I was yeah. like, I don't know what the fuck is happening anymore. Like, this is this is a crazy and maybe James Mangold's best movie. Is that the director? I don't. Yeah. I don't think that's a maybe. I think it's 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 I mean, he's good. I'm not I'm not taking anything sure. away from him. But I think without question, it's his best. Yeah. 310 to Yuma is really good. Um, I honestly thought, and and not for nothing, what he did with the Wolverine, not Origins, but the sure. Wolverine. 
pretty pretty darn good. Pretty good. Um, but the fact that that same director is also the one who did Logan is also a little yeah. mind blowing. And then his last one, Ford vs Ferrari, pretty darn good. A I lot didn't of fun. see that one. A lot of fun. I, I, that one was good. That one's. I, I mean, Matt Damon. You want? I mean, talk about Christian Bale. Lord in heaven, he's great in that movie. You got to watch it just for Christian Bale, Q. Deal. Well, now that we have ranked all of these and we have sufficiently gushed over Logan and we get to gush even more because we're going to do a Jinxies episode about it. Yeah. Now let's put them in order. Uh, Definitively, Rise of the Guardians is on the list at five. I think it has to be. Honestly, a lot of these fell into a place because Logan, we shared all as number one. Okay. You guys both shared the prestige as number two, and it was my number three. So that puts and then it at we flipped two. on prisoner, and we flipped on prisoners, which puts prisoners at number three. Three. Yep. We shared Les Mis, and Mia said she would have wanted it on the list had she seen. So that. that's four. And then if Rise of the Guardians, which we both five. Mia and I shared, there's five. So well, wait, a, it, we rambled off pretty quick. Mia, did you catch it? You were writing down, and I know yeah, you're no, the I'm, I'm the archivist. Read, read back. Did 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 we catch it right? You did. I can even just make the yeah. list right now. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. What, what do we got, Mia? Top five Hugh Jackman movies. At number five, we have Rise of the Guardians. Hell yeah. At number four, we have Les Miserables. At number three, we have Prisoners. At number two, we have The Prestige. And undeniably, our number one is Logan. I think that's a fantastic list. If you're going to only watch five Hugh Jackman movies, I'm fine with and encourage it to be those five. Now, I will say Logan will be more impactful if you're able to watch all the other (laughs) X-Men movies. That is true. But you can skip a couple of them here and there. Like Apocalypse, you don't have to watch. Uh, X-Men 3. You don't, yeah, you don't have stand, to watch. You don't need to watch. So a couple of those you can kind of you can kind of pass. But hey, you got a lot of hue to get through. You got a huge acumen. Here's your hue to do list. Oh, that's funny. Womp, womp. Bop, 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 bop. Jackman. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh that's it kids uh as always a quick reminder if you enjoyed our show go check out all the amazing shows on project hyphen nerd podcast network you can also check it out at www.project-nerd.com they have links to all of the nerdy goodness that pn puts forward all year round uh go to the youtube channel go ahead and subscribe i know you personally and i know that you're gonna love all of the material coming to you on the youtube channel this year so just do yourself a favor and we know where you live and if you don't and if you don't we're gonna go logan on your ass uh outside of that man black and uh, white bitches remember we still do have a patreon (laughs) uh so if anybody wants to go over there and give us some monies we'll make extra episodes for you promise um Outside of that, it's been real. We have reached the end of another High Five, the podcast episode. It's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably, knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E 
at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E-T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T.com. Got that? Or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast on twitter at high the number five the podcast instagram at high five the podcast or on letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast don't forget to subscribe on itunes stitcher google play or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating to show us some love what's the worst that could happen the ghosts that were hidden in this recording possessing your house? Maybe. See you next week. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.